Good morning, everyone. Jurassic Views, Bryce Diamond. It's been it's been a wild month already. Uh, March 2020 for the Toronto Raptors has already been all over the place. Uh, we had the reunion with Dragic in Toronto on a back-to-back -back against the Nets, first in Brooklyn, then in Toronto, and the fans made sure that Dragic heard about their feelings. Uh, we, we then lost two in a row to the Pistons and the Magic, lost to the Cavs, uh, where we looked very shaky, um, not a great game. Fred Van Vliet was injured. OG Ananobi continues to be injured. Now Malachi Flynn with uh, a weak, weakened hamstring is out. And despite all that, we get a, a nice win in San Antonio, kind of back to the basics, back to what's made us strong, uh, an identity game, you, you could say, uh, one that was controlled well, despite it, it being close, being competitive, no doubt. Um, and then we play Phoenix and Denver in a back-to-back, -back, and we uh, had an emergency pod in a rental car that was mistaken for an Uber, Zion I. And we had that pod in the rental car. We had an emergency pod, an instant react, because we beat both Phoenix and Denver on the road. No excuses from either team. Uh, the Toronto Raptors didn't have excuses, despite being without Fred Van Vliet, OG Ananobi, and Malachi Flynn in Denver. Scotty Barnes and Pascal Siakam were incredible. Uh, the efficiency, the ability to play at such a high level on both ends of the court. Uh, we had good bench play. Chris Boucher was incredible. Uh, and not only did he play incredible in Denver, he also made sure that people watching the game in the post-game interview uh, on the court with Kayla Gray from the Shift Sports TSN were very well aware of Brittany Griner's situation as she is still detained in Russia. It's a joke. It's it's frustrating. Um, and I hope that Brittany Griner returns quickly. I realize that you shouldn't have any kind of illegal drug in a foreign country ever. Um, but what are we talking about? Personal hashish vape use. She should not be detained for this long. Um, but big shout out to Chris Boucher post game to have the humanity, the decency, the compassion to talk about Brittany Griner after the game against Denver. But he was incredible. 21 points, 13 rebounds, zero turnovers, this guy's playing the best basketball of his career, and he was excellent last year. Do you remember what March was like last year? Not only did Fred Van... Sorry, not only did Norm Powell... Sorry, not Fred Van Vliet, thank goodness. Not only did Norm Powell get traded to the Portland Trailblazers, now he's in L.A., SoCal, close to home in San Diego, and we will see Norm Powell, another reunion... This time in Los Angeles, we'll get some beach time likely with Norm. 
But we got one win last year. And the only win was the game against the Nuggets right before the trade deadline. Uh, March was awful. March was, was probably the most painful month in Kyle Lowry's entire uh, era, career, in Toronto. Nine seasons with the Raptors, and Kyle Lowry had his worst month last March. And here we are this month with this kind of Jekyll and Hyde, um, will the real Slim Shady please stand up kind of vibe in March. Again, we beat the, the Nets at home, booing Dragic every time he touched the ball. Then we lose two games against the Pistons and the Magic, the two worst teams, arguably in the league, but definitely in the Eastern Conference. We lose to Cleveland, then we go and win three in a row on the road in San Antonio, Phoenix, and then the back-to-back against Denver. Incredible stuff. So this March has already turned out to be unpredictable, exciting, um, heart-wrenching, nerve-wracking. I got to watch the game with Zaya in a bar, the Denver game, and we we made noise and people were trying to figure out if we were okay. <laughs> and obviously we were not. We were, ne- were never in our right minds when watching a Raptors game unless it's a 25-point lead in the fourth. Um, but what a wild month. And one of, one of the, the, the great beauties, one of the great gems of this month and this season is a recording that you're about to hear. This season, we have had the pleasure, as you know, of connecting with Aldo Barovier, a teacher from Markham, and his students. Uh, I believe five were in the original recording. We were only able to keep four of their recordings. Uh, Unfortunately, just the way things went in that first episode, we had a conversation in December, Aldo and I, to talk about the Raptors, his love for the team, his students' passion for the team, the franchise, the championship run, and and, and just Raptors basketball and all the important people, humans, influencers uh, to his students and to him personally. We talked about Masai Ujiri. If you have not listened to that episode, It's an episode just before Christmas, and it's in a series, I believe it's the third part of a four-part series called For the People, By the People. Do listen to that. It is one of my favorite episodes of the season, and Aldo is just an incredible guy. I hope I have the chance this summer to connect with him in person. Um, But his students, the Markham Four, we'll call them, uh, they are back. For yet another recording. They did uh, a recording for the pod post-game versus the Denver Nuggets in Toronto, which is about, oh, it had to be about a month ago now. Time is is just blazing by. It might have been five weeks ago, uh, where we lost a really good game. And they did an excellent job of, of giving their analysis and review, some, some hot takes out of that one. And they decided to come on again, the Markham Four. And they uh, 
did this game, Magic versus Toronto, in a loss. You can tell they're disappointed in this recording. One of the guys actually got to be at the game, which was a lot of fun. I believe he's, he mentions how close he was sitting to the court, which would have been fantastic. Didn't miss a beat, took good notes, uh, closes off the analysis portion of the episode. So that's what you're about to hear uh, right now. Um, the Raptors are in Los Angeles today. They will have a day off before they play the Clippers and Norman Powell tomorrow. And then they get the other Los Angeles team, which is great scheduling after the brutal schedule we had in the month of February, and even in early March with all those back-to-back games. And we have a chance here with two games in L.A., uh, getting a day in between them, which is nice. Not often does that happen for the Raptors or for many teams who are from the East Coast because they're trying to pack in as many games on on a road trip as they can. But we get a day off today and then a day off in between the Clippers and Lakers games. And it, it's a chance to unwind a bit. It's a chance to get some sunshine, some warmth before they return here. The, the weather is getting warmer in Ottawa. It's getting warmer in Toronto here in mid-March, which is nice, uh, despite what it looks like uh, this weekend in Ottawa. We will have sunshine plus degree temperatures. It will get up to even 10 degrees. I sound like a boomer talking about the weather so much, but uh, it is, it's excellent to, to start nearing into spring and getting to, uh, you know, April and, and the playoffs. Yes, we can talk about the playoffs. Despite not being in the playoffs last year, we are at least going to be in the play-in. And I'm hoping we can make a push. I'd be interested to know what your predictions are for the next seven games or for the remaining games of the season. What do you think the Raptors are going to finish? What do you think their record will be? My pick at the beginning of the season was 46 and 36. I think that's very much in the cards. Uh, I thought, you know, 43-44 was kind of at the low end that they would finish. Many people predicted them being between 40 and 42 wins. Of course, Vegas and ESPN had the more around 36 to 38 games. Uh, boy, one of these days I got to bet on the Raptors because Vegas makes it really easy to make money for us Raptors fans. Uh, but despite that, we're in a great position. Uh, we're right on the heels of the Cleveland Cavaliers trying to get that sixth seed so we don't have to play in the play-in. I'm sure with Jared Allen having a fractured finger two weeks after OG and Nobi had his, they're a little nervous about that. And who knows if, if his uh, the finger that he broke is on his shooting hand or dunking hand, I guess, in Jared Allen's um, case, as he's not really much of a shooter or his blocking hand, as he's a great defender, protects the rim. Uh, OG Ananobi will be coming back before Jared Allen does. We'll see the Cavs after this road trip. Uh, We get them uh, the next week, uh, the week of March 21st, where we'll play Philly, Chicago, Boston, and Cleveland. A huge week for us. Uh, Really pivotal, but uh, a litmus test you know, for teams that we could play in the first round, like Philly and Chicago. Um, And certainly um, a chance to see whether we can make the sixth seed or even, even the five seed, depending what we do over these next seven games. Because we play Boston, if we were to beat them and Cleveland, we certainly would 
have a real shot at that five seed. Uh, it will be interesting to see where we are. But uh, let me know what you think we'll do over the next seven games and then over the next month. Uh, will we be in the play-in? What will our record be? Will we make the playoffs? Uh, who would you want in, to play in that first round? Zion and I think that Chicago would be our best matchup. Um, what do you think? We certainly have the Milwaukee Bucks numbers, although they are the champs, and, and they will want to make up for losing four in a row to us in 2019. That's still on their minds. Don't think it isn't. Um, also, this, this, this coming week, while we're in L.A., uh, we have some birthdays in the NBA, but we also have a birthday on the pod. It is my birthday, my 44th, on Tuesday, March 15th, the Ides of March. Uh, yes, I am a Pisces. That probably isn't a surprise for m many of you who follow astrology and know what a Pisces is like. Uh, I don't put too much stock in astrology, but it's kind of fun, like, you know, just to have kind of an understanding of personalities and, you know, maybe I fit into that. But uh, today, March 14th, it is Steph Curry's birthday, Pi Day, and he has figured out the ratios of how to make shots anywhere on the floor, uh, much, much like a mathematician figuring out uh, Pi. Uh, so yes, it's Pi Day. We'll be enjoying Dre's Pies later today, uh, a Filipino-Canadian who uh, is a great chef, uh, but he also makes pies on the side. Um, so we'll be enjoying that. Check him out on Instagram. Uh, much love to, to, to Dre. Uh, so it, celebrate Pi Day. Celebrate Steph Curry's birthday. Celebrate mine if you want tomorrow. Up to you. Up to you. Uh, or celebrate St. Patty's Day uh, later this week. And maybe some of the other guys in, in the association's birthday that is this week. I, we know Kyle Lowry's birthday is later this month, March 25th. Uh, but yeah, lots going on in March, and <laughs> the sun is shining on the Toronto Raptors a lot better than it did last March, so thank goodness for that. Uh, but we still have ourselves some analysis from that Orlando Magic game. The Markham Four are back on, Nate, Alex, and the crew, so please enjoy that. Let me know what you think of the Markham Four. Um, we're hoping that we can continue a relationship with them into next season, and we'll see how that goes. Certainly, we'll continue to be connected to Aldo. But without further ado, here are the Markham Four giving their post-game analysis to the Orlando Magic game that happened last week in Toronto. A loss, but we know brighter days are ahead. But enjoy this analysis. The guys do a great job. Until, hopefully, we beat these uh, two LA teams. We'll catch up to you then. Peace, y'all. Yeah, I'm like Neo now. <laughs> oh, that was good. That was good. That's Morpheus. I'm 13 years old. 
Wow, what a close first quarter between the Raptors and the Magic. Final score in this first quarter was 26 for the Magic and 23 for the Raptors. The highest scorer in this quarter was Pascal Siakam with 9 points. Siakam played very aggressively, attacking and hunting for every basket and finishing very relentlessly. For the Raptors, Chris Boucher also had 7 points. He has an amazing spark plug for the Raptors off the bench. Sometimes his performances are amazing and sometimes he's inconsistent. An interesting thing about this quarter was to see how the two rookies, Jalen Suggs, who the Raptors passed up on in the draft, going up against Scotty Barnes, who they took over Jalen Suggs, would match up. From what we've seen this season, it looks like Scotty was possibly the better pick for the Raptors and their playstyle. The Raptors are a defensive-minded team, and Barnes helps with that. In this first quarter, Barnes had three points, one assist, and two rebounds. Suggs had 6 points, 3 assists, and 3 rebounds. Suggs made some nice passes, and his teammate Franz Wagner played very well in this quarter too. He's a very underrated rookie in the running for Rookie of the Year. Let's see what the rest of the game holds. Thanks for having me back on the podcast. Hi, my name is Alexander, and I'll be doing a summary of the second quarter of the Toronto Raptors versus Orlando Magic. Cole Anthony starts off the quarter strongly, going up for a layup and getting an end one. Malachi Flynn gives a great pass to Pascal Siakam, and he goes up for a layup and scores. Then Harris drills an open three. I think the Raptors had to defend the three-point line more, as the Magic scored lots of threes in this game. Then Suggs, the guy that everybody thought the Raptors would draft, drills a deep three. Barnes gives it to Siakam, and he goes up for a layup and scores. Another three as Cole Anthony drills one from deep. Barnes gives it to Achua. Oh, and Achua scores a three. He doesn't score many of those, but he did this time. At the end of the quarter, Anthony has a wide open layup. One thing the Raptors have to do better is guarding the three-point line. I think they are giving the Magic many open shots. The Raptors also have to support Siakam a bit more because Siakam is getting lots of points and working hard. Thanks for listening to my second quarter of Raptors versus Magic Summary. These are things that I saw from the third quarter of the Raptors game last night. The only person for Toronto who could really actually do anything was uh, Pascal Siakam. Everyone else was kind of just not shooting well. It was a pretty bad shooting night in general, but the third quarter got slightly better from the first half. And the Magic still ended up outscoring the Raptors in that third quarter because the defense all night wasn't very good. Because Fred VanVleet and OG Ananobi are injured and Gary Trent Jr. is in a shooting slump, it's leaving basically no offense for the Raptors, which is why they lost back-to-back games to the worst teams in the East. They were outscored at the end of the third quarter, 24-21. to And the only person, like I said, that was really able to do anything for both sides was the Raptors. It was pretty much a, a really ugly third quarter for both teams, as neither, neither teams were able to get more than 25 points. In this game, I had an amazing view of what was happening. I got row five seats, and I was able to see a clear angle to every play. Right at the bat, Siakam was showing his skills, making easy shots and consistent layups. Burns was also doing well, making consistent points. 
I think that Barnes was an amazing pick, and this is one of the Raptors' top players. After the first quarter, it was 25-27, with the Raptors closely trailing along. The overall vibe of the Scotiabank Arena was lively, and everyone was cheering on their home team. There were a couple instances where the Raptors didn't make easy passes and couldn't catch the ball. In the second quarter, we were doing bad on defense, letting close shots through. So Nurse called a timeout to regroup and talk defensive plays. Two minutes and 49 seconds left of the second quarter. We are losing by eight. Can we still come back? The Raptors have been playing very sloppy in the first half. To me, this is like the worst we've played in a really long time. We're losing by nine. Can the Raptors speed up the pace so we can beat the Nuggets? In the third quarter, Achua made an insane dunk on a fast break. In the third quarter, Young and Barnes are really picking up the work and putting up the slack, picking up the slack for the rest of the team. We need to work on our defense and offense. The Magic are just driving in and we're not doing anything to stop it. I think we need to improve on our defensive plays. We also need to work on our turnovers. Too many times has the Magic stolen the ball when we're driving to the paint and, make, and, and making passes. With 20 seconds left of the quarter, Achua makes an easy three. Now going on to the fourth quarter, we are losing by 12. We can make it back, but it's going to take way more effort than the Raptors are giving. Out of the bat, we may miss an easy layup. For some reason, we're never able, to, we're not able to get the box on the boards. Siaka missed an easy shot in the paint, but redeemed himself by getting the rebound and putting it back up. Barnes drives in and gets an easy contested layup. There was a huge foul on Flynn, but the rest refused to call it. Wanta B is doing his best in the game. He's really the turning point the team needed. He is getting the board. He's getting all the boards. During the quarter, I really noticed they didn't want to pass to Wannabe, even when he's wide open. I could tell Nurse was about to lose his mind. Flynn passed it to Boucher in the paint for a dunk. They got a fast break and Siakam got another easy dunk. We just gave up in the last couple minutes. The Raptors think they're not going to win. That's why they're not trying. All I could hear in the background was, why? We ended up losing by six points, which really sucked. I wonder if we didn't give up at the end. Could we have won?